0: You have five new messages. Hey, Josh, Smug, and Duncan, and the entire Ruthless crew, this is Kevin McCarthy. You know, in today's world, everybody's got a podcast, but no one thought you'd get past 10 episodes. I hear you're coming on 100. Congrats, and keep up the good work. Hey, it's Guy Benson. Huge congrats to Josh and Smug and the whole team at Ruthless. 100 episodes of the Variety program. Very impressive. I hope that in celebration, there'll be fireworks. I'll be sure to take photos of the fireworks on my phone and then show them to Smug. He'll be standing right next to me, but he's a little guy. He can't really see. But well done, everyone. Here's to 100 more. Hi, this is Mike Pompeo from Kansas with a message for the Ruthless Podcast on your 100th episode. Hey guys, thanks for what you're doing. It's a great show, but get your head in the game. Nobody cares it's your 100th episode. We need you to keep at it until we get majorities in Congress and a Republican in the White House. Get back to work now. Thanks.
1: Hey, guys. Katie Pavlich here. Great friend of the Variety program. Program? Congratulations on the 100th episode of your show. I uh, plan to listen to it, this historic event in our time with a white claw in one hand while I relaxed in my Ruthless-themed hammock. But Duncan killed that vibe. Again. So I guess to mark this momentous occasion, it's a good time to tell you that Hollywood Hen is really the only reason why I listen, and she's right about Ben Affleck. Anyway, congratulations, and uh, just a side note, there's no way Smug can fight a horse. He's not Charlie Hurt. Maybe he can get away with a miniature pony. All right, guys, congrats. Over and out.
0: The Ruthless podcast is celebrating a hundred episodes? Wow.
1: Podcasts are booming if two no-talents like Smug and Holmes can hold an audience for that long. Here's to many more great episodes, guys.
0: Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now
1: can pass things without a filibuster threat. Oh, you'll regret this?
2: And you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last... Happy 100, fellas.
1: 100 episodes. 100 episodes of Ruthless.
2: I really can't believe we made it.
1: (laughs) Right? Well, Well, you know what? In hindsight... You know, given all the great content we have, of course we made it. 100 episodes. 100th episode spectacular. It
2: doesn't sound like some of our guests thought we think we would make it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I didn't think we were going to make it. Especially if we had to stay on Zoom forever recording this thing.
2: I can't believe. Yeah, thank God we got a studio finally. One of the most fun things about this entire project, and and let me just explain what we're doing. We're going to do, in our 100th episode spectacular that you're currently listening, a trip down memory lane. Where we pull some important pieces, some funny, some memorable, some of our favorite stuff over a hundred episodes, put it back out and and just sort of have a laugh. Yeah. And uh, but in that, it was sort of a useful exercise, and you can go back and listen. This show has has changed a little.
1: <laughs> we were a little gritty. It's actually pretty amazing <laughs> going back and listening to the old episodes. <laughs>
2: I can't believe we got away with some of that stuff. I mean, the lesson,
0: the lesson I learned from listening to the old clips was we probably need to drink more, <laughs> shoot from the hip more. Oh, definitely.
2: <laughs> well, let's start off with how we started this thing. Let's cue up the first, very first episode. This is Josh Holmes. We're about to explain exactly what it is that we're doing here, but I have one piece of business to cover first, a very special treat for you. For the very first time, you will hear the voice of none other. And comfortably smug. Smug,
1: let's introduce you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages.
2: Welcome to Ruthless. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. Did you have any nerves about
1: that? No, not really. But, uh, you know, my takeaway from that is, man, uh, those old usb mics and zoom the quality is significantly different I'd say, yeah that we've we've definitely grown from there that's for sure
2: it is i was always wondering how that was gonna hit when smug's voice came out for the first time yeah you, you know because as
0: as someone who read the tweets for a long time before you know we met um you know you sort of read tweets in in what you imagine someone's voices or like right. you know what i mean yeah. And so, like, actually getting hit, getting to listen to him
2: talk was just, it was just cool. Yeah, what a treat, right? It
0: was a treat. It really was. Now I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was a terrible mistake we made, but but well, we did it willingly. Um, but then, you know, shortly thereafter, Dunks, we brought you on for a Duncan with Duncan segment. Yeah. I think this
0: all just kind of came out of me just getting angry in all of the production meetings.
2: Yeah. And we are like, <laughs> shit, we should just record this. Yeah. Just record it. Just be it.
1: angry on, on, in front of the mic. Just
0: go live. Do it. So do we have that one? Now, why should you vote for President Trump? It's really simple. Because that preening, narcissistic boy scout, Jim Comey, put Hillary Clinton's russian disinformation dossier on president trump's desk get him that's really it yeah sure i could tell you trump cut your taxes he defeated isis he put three justices on the supreme court but no comey putting the p-tape on the president's desk yeah i love it yeah, no, it's it's kind of incredible in retrospect. After everything we've seen now in the Biden administration, that the intel community put more effort into chasing down a fake P tape than planning the withdrawal from Afghanistan.
2: Totally. Well, yeah. you made a very persuasive case. That was like right before the election, yeah. basically, where you were making a final pitch for President Trump. Yes. And we thought at the time, I was like, "Man, that's really good content. We should start working in a regular Duncan with Duncan." Yeah. And, like, eventually that just became co-hosting.
1: <laughs> and it worked out. It worked, it worked out. out.
0: It they worked dragged out. me in.
2: <laughs> but I I, um, I, think that entire, so then we go through the election, and we're kind of figuring things out, and we stumbled on the fact, I think by virtue of having a similar sense of humor, everybody in this room, uh, we had similar views about the holiday of Thanksgiving.
0: Well, yeah, because it's, you know, just notorious for being uh, a holiday in which there's a lot of fighting. And people come there with opinions, and there's disagreements, and there's extended family you rarely see. Yeah, you know, like your crazy aunt, and you gotta, you gotta come with some heat.
1: Yeah. So, and, and, and the liberals really made this into a thing over the past few years, where they're like,
0: yeah, confront
2: your MAGA exactly. Trump you like, yeah.
1: have to, you have to make this a thing,
2: right? So. We, we put together an episode that was entirely about how to do Thanksgiving right. How to win Thanksgiving, yeah. basically, right? How to win Thanksgiving. We had, like, like pillars that you needed to adhere to. If you, if you have the time, you should go back and listen to that episode. I just listened to it when we were doing the research for the show, and I was in tears laughing. But this is one clip in particular that just makes me die. Rule number one, folks, if anyone at the table claims Trump lost... Pick the turkey up and
1: punt it. <laughs> punt the turkey and then you look at them. Look at them in the eyes. Let and them know what they did.
2: And scream, look what you made me you do.
1: what
0: you made me do.
2: <laughs> this is
0: so good.
1: That's how you set the tone.
0: Yeah, you just established dominance. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and the whole the whole episode is like that. I mean, it was hard to pick yeah, one I'm, clip.
0: Even
1: when we were out in Iowa,
2: we
0: kept hearing from folks
1: who were like, I love the Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> like, man.
2: It was just some needed humor. It was a little bit of a dark time, and we, we needed a little something to laugh at. Yeah, that was a good one. But but like, we then started getting into putting together some productions. Right, right. we let our it was beyond just sort of the conjecture talk, making fun of stuff every day, which we'd kind of gotten a good roll on. We also wanted a little bit of like you know, a little production value, and the Lincoln Project became the first target.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, at the time there was that Wellerman shanty that was going around. That's right. You know, um, a little sea shanty song, and so we just basically spoofed that with uh, John Weaver, who was apparently sliding into the DMs of some underage boys. A
1: link of Lincoln Project. He he's he's like one of their founding members, right? Yeah,
0: and allegedly, 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 you know that the that his friends at the Lincoln project were aware and did nothing.
2: Right. Right. No, I know. So, so we put together the Weaver man shanty. We did. Soon, Soon may the Weaver, Weaver man come. The
0: Eming boys were, we're way, way too young. young. One, One day, day when, when the griffin is done, we'll take our, our cash and go. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. That's art. That's our, <laughs> You know, What's I mean,
0: fo- the funniest thing about that for me is <clears throat> people probably don't realize it's like the hardest thing to do is record that on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. of the way the technology works, yeah. it's you like can't you can't have like multiple
1: people talking right. at the same time. So we each had to record and then try to time it the same and then layer. I mean, Zoom podcast it's quite a production.
2: Well, we did, so we did an extended version of the Weaverman chanty that required so much production work. It was incredible because we again, we we're this is the middle of of COVID, and so we were sort of all doing this remotely from Zoom you can't sing over top of each other on Zoom, so we all had to record separate tracks of, like, a, a minute-long song. Man. And then, like, sew it together. Somehow, it, I mean, it, it Somehow sort of worked. It worked.
1: Somehow it worked.
2: <laughs> uh, Smog, what's your favorite? Okay,
1: so my favorite moment, it, 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 it's kind of random, but we had a Hollywood hen segment where uh, she brought up Demi Lovato. and uh, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, Demi Lovato was discussing, you know, uh, her, like, problems with addiction and apparently like she like used so many drugs and alcohol at some party she had like two strokes and a heart attack and partially
0: lost her vision. I mean
1: that's like unreal. This
0: is one of like our very I don't know if it's our very first but one of our very early Hollywood hen segments which has been a great addition to the program.
1: Yep and it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed on this show. (laughs) I mean not about that but you folks will hear it.
2: All right. So here's the deal like Addiction's real. Addiction's terrible. You know, like you got to take all that stuff seriously. It's hard to differentiate addiction from just self-destructive behavior when it comes to a lot of these celebs Mm because they just go completely over the top with it. Right. So is this is Lovato like an addict or is she just like a hardcore partier? (laughs) Like two
1: strokes, heart attack, losing vision. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- that's ho- just party. <laughs>
0: just- incredible. Does she just like to party? Just- I think I understood what you're driving at there, though. It's like, is this like a PR thing or is it a real thing? Yeah. You know.
1: I mean, that's a, a that's a raging out. Yeah. Party. That's yeah. a hell of a party. But like, I
0: feel like you, you know that that question is sort of colored by like the experience we had, kind of growing up, where it was like Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, right? Like Lindsay Lohan, like. They're out of control, you know, but like you never got a sense of whether it was real or not. Totally. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, they were like party animal. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was driving at. It didn't come out exactly how I envisioned and smug. <laughs> but as it did, it was Dude, absolutely
0: I, I, I remember watching that on Zoom and smug, smug, smug legit chicken. keels over yeah. out of his chair.
1: I lost it. <laughs> Completely
2: lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was certainly a, an internal highlight, if nothing else. <laughs> um, and then, we, so we introduced to the the program what, Smug, you had introduced to the world the previous year in the liberal hack tourney.
1: That's right. So we would have, just like March Madness, we'd have 64 teams, but the teams would be liberal hacks on Twitter. And then all the voting would commence on Twitter. The, the people would decide
0: who's the biggest hack. It's a tournament. It was incredible. And the bracket... If you get a chance, go back and listen to the Sunday special the we Unveiling. Did. Yeah, the unveiling. We did like a full on ESPN It was inc- it was special, honestly. you know, you know, where we released the bracket and we like had cutaways to headquarters and it's it's good content. <laughs> but um this uh this this song that we did, do you remember the song? It was uh yeah. after Ruben Wins we did a spoof of one shining moment yeah which is like you know the sort of corny song that they play at the end of march madness
2: yeah yeah let's hear it fake news
0: proponent it's all on the line your dumb opponent canceled in time <laughs> voice of an angel god you yeah, know my favorite thing about this is you know we'll be in these production meetings and the suggestion for a song will come up i know that the fix is in right that, that they're, they're suggesting something that's out of out of my uh range
2: that's the whole point
0: but but you know it is it's it is part of the fun
2: i really i didn't put it in but i, I think it's worth mentioning your first song with the uh, Arms of an Angel. Oh,
0: yeah. where I just totally got railroaded on the backup.
2: The, the best part about that is that we have Moderate Jeff as a producer at that point. Yeah. And Moderate Jeff had you sing it, and then he would layer in the audio, except he missed the timing. He
0: mis- yeah, he mis-timed it. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, screw it. Go
2: live. <laughs> they it live. It sounded horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think one of the best first interviews we did... Was cruise. It was huge, huge, yeah. huge deal. I mean, for a variety of reasons. The context of it was this was the Monday after he was caught going to Cancun with his family as Texas had that big power failure and everything was frozen up and Yeah, it's like a freak storm that was just
0: super, super, super cold and it froze everything up. Right? right.
2: And the media was all jumping all over all over him for, you know, dereliction of duty, how dare he leave and everything else. And instead of sort of like cowering away from it, Cruz just sort of grabbed it by the horns and decided to come on Ruthless and talk about it, which I thought was, it demonstrated... Courage. That, That's courage. It's courage on his part. It's also like the greatness of what Ruthless has also become is that you've got an outlet to do that kind of thing and have right. some laughs, and you don't have to like go through the media filter to do it. Anyway, this is, this is Ted Cruz. I mean, there is, I didn't turn on the news without uh, a sighting of your dog or, I mean, it was just, I think there was 35 different Washington Post stories about you this weekend.
0: Look, I I haven't had this much negative press coverage since Northern California in the 1960s. (laughs)
2: How great is that? So He comes he, with he the Zodiac. The yeah, comes with the Zodiac. I mean, that's just like so hardcore.
0: It's so good that he just
2: leaned right in.
1: That's the way to do it. You yeah. know, like when, whenever the, the press is trying to do the gotcha thing, just let him have it.
2: When well, he had that extended commentary about his neighbors who dimed him out. That was something. Which ultimately became the story. Yeah. Right? It was about Ted Cruz's neighbors and like, why were they diming him out?
0: Yeah, just a bunch of Karens. If you've ever opened the Next Door app, Christ. You know, you know who these people are.
1: And Ted Cruz is right. They are assholes. I mean like <laughs> leaking text messages to the press? Are you serious?
2: Yeah. I mean it was just a total jerk move, but he wouldn't have had another outlet to do that, That's right? right. Yeah. Cuz everybody else is you're going to take it very seriously, Ted Cruz, let's talk to us very seriously. Yeah. And he's like, "No, yeah. man. Nope. Like sometimes the press is just worth making fun of." And in this case, it was perfect. Perfect yeah. timing. So, one adoption of a piece of press that we did, which I think is the only This is the only radio theater that we did.
0: Yeah, we got to do another one like that.
2: We got one We got one conjuring up. Yeah, uh, it's percolating. Yeah, that I think we'll have in the works here in the next month or so. But the first one was a ruthless radio theater where we had the entire cast and crew involved in a dramatic reading and a little rewriting of Jonathan Swan's post-election piece on the Trump-Sydney Powell. Yeah uh meetings essentially and we, we, we did some dramatic reading
0: welcome to ruthless radio theater how the hell did Sydney get in the building
2: why well, I do declare These weenies are so good.
1: <laughs> the production is incredible. Again, over Zoom, we had like background music and that hen like accent, incredible work.
2: That was incredible work. We didn't ha- we didn't know that we had that technological capability until <laughs> that one put a lot of work in, though. It
0: was it was a lot. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Uh, but I think worth it in the end. I mean, that, you know, really transported you to the moment.
2: It really did. And it was so all the characters. I mean, the funny thing about that one and almost all of these that we're talking about is is the production meetings that are involved in it always are like tears of laughter. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've done one of these where we're not just dying. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. It makes you want to just like, you know, press record and do a production meeting. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if everybody would, would find it as humorous as we do. No. Uh. But but it's uh, it's well worth it. I mean, every one of those just makes me die laughing. <laughs> um, another guest we had, which I thought was so fun, because we had him play a game when Tucker Carlson came on.
1: Oh, that was amazing. And and we constantly cite this now
0: when we when we discuss playing Demer No, yeah,
2: he set like a rule. It's like a Car- Tucker rule. Yeah, great,
0: great. It was an insight that was really, I think dead on yeah it was
1: fantastic
2: totally let's hear it they can't there's no self-respect there there's the <laughs> say something like that the real question no, is because if
0: you're and with them. the guy in a closed door meeting and you see what it's really like you know you see the plugs up close you're like you know there's only <laughs> so much bootwicking i can do i mean you
2: know what i mean
0: like i've got a wife or whatever like other people love me there's a there's a depth below which i can't sink. Yeah. It's incredible. It was a unique insight, basically, that, you know, members of the media are the only people who would sink so low, (laughs) subterraneanly low to defend Joe Biden at some point.
2: It was like the Tucker rule is if there's four statements and one of them is just sort of humiliating. Yeah. It's got to be a journal. Right. Right.
0: Right. Which is sort of counterintuitive, but he nailed it.
2: He nailed it. It, it was so good. He had a bunch of takes from that game, by the way, that were just fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one to re-listen to. I loved also the outing of Anonymous.
0: Miles Taylor. Yes. yeah. Who? Who's this guy? Yeah. Was the, the DHS guy who pretended he was a senior White House official and all the media reported how he was the resistance on the inside of the Trump administration.
2: Yeah, I remember this What now. a loser. We had you and I, Smug, laughed about as hard as we could laugh on air talking about what a d-bag this dude is let's let's get a little
0: you know I are not you're not a president and i certainly don't want to uh, i i wear a mask for two things anderson uh halloweens and uh pandemics so no
1: <laughs> this guy can't be real dude
2: halloween and pandemics <laughs> this guy can't be real i mean the extension on that one I mean, we, we must've talked about him for 20 minutes because there is never, I don't know if there's ever been a bigger D bag.
1: I mean, that guy is a total, like the definition of an absolute douchebag.
2: But it's just proof
0: what you can get away with when you're giving the media and the Democrats exactly what they want. You can lie to their face and they'll still have you on television. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's canceled. It's like people still retweet. No, he's still here. He's still
2: around. But that was the, that's the beauty and the power of Ruthless for the first time. You had something where you can just call a douche a douche. Yes.
1: It's... uh, and, and he got a book deal, didn't he? He got a book deal. Well, he did he wrote, really? He
2: wrote that anonymous book. Oh, that's right. Well, that's yeah. the thing. That's the claim to fame. They <laughs> yeah.
1: gave this clown a book deal. That's yeah. the thing is like the, the like left grift of, of being like, oh my God, Trump did all these things. And then you get yourself a book deal and you get yourself your TV hits. like, <laughs> this is what, like, uh, uh what, what was the job of the administration? He was with which, who's with what? DHS?
2: Yeah. He was like a, like a deputy, deputy, deputy at DHS. Yeah. And- I mean, basically like a rank-and-file political appointee, and then somehow the New York Times built him into... The ultimate insight. What, what they were speculating was Pence. Yeah. Well, yeah. Re- remember,
0: he, oh, yeah, uh, they wrote the he wrote the anonymous Loadstar, op- Lodestar, and it mentioned the word Lodestar. And then people were saying, "Oh my gosh, this is Pence." He said Lodestar on all these previous speeches. It's just, <laughs> but like, think of the stature gap between thinking it's the vice president of the United States and actually you find out it's Miles Taylor. <laughs> Miles Taylor. <laughs> Halloween's and pandemic. Halloween's
1: and pandemic. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. Like th- these are the clowns we have running around. In like Department of Homeland Security, and yeah. We wonder why we have these problems.
2: Yeah, you hear it here first. Uh, we also canceled somebody.
1: That's right, rightfully so.
2: We did. We um, we're not huge into that, generally speaking. But she started it.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the best reason.
2: Right. So Caitlyn Jenner booked herself on our program, and then without any fanfare at all. Just sort of ran up on the time where she was supposed to show and then we were like
1: And we typically are booked like well over a month in advance. Right. And we were gonna be like, okay, just like as a because they were like, please, please. Yeah. Caitlin wants to be on the show. Um, we added an episode. We added we're gonna do a three week or a three episode week. Oh,
2: uh, let's let's And let's, then it was
1: like ten minutes into uh when she was
0: supposed to be on she's the She's supposed interview. to get on the Zoom and
2: just never showed she up just never, showed, never showed, up. showed up, so we had to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. You don't reach out to a show that you ultimately don't go on. You don't unprofessionally let people know that you can't make it. Yeah. Unless you are a completely unorganized shit show that is a scam campaign from the very beginning that is doing nothing but trying to draw attention away from legitimate candidates who have a capacity to try to unseat most liberal, disingenuous piece of garbage governor in this country, maybe aside from Governor Cuomo.
1: <laughs> I love that, and the the beauty of it is, I think that just like completely ended. That Caitlin was the campaign, end. like there, uh, instantly flatlined in the polls. It's
0: yeah, gone. and then and then she went to Australia, for, Australia for Big Brother. You know, I mean, we called it from day one.
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean, we called it from day one. I think if you're all the listeners of the Ruthless Variety program. We're not surprised at all, and are not surprised right now when they look out at the polls and she's like dead last in California. There you go. Um, Another hot spot for us, I feel like that we were really on almost exclusively was Nira Tandon.
1: That was amazing. Yeah, And, and and huge credit to the listeners, to the minions, for galvanizing when we pointed out what a terrible, terrible pick this is. Someone who has the worst of judgment. Should not be in any sort of a position to make decisions, and 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 our, our the troops rallied. Our folks, our folks got the job done. Yeah, and
0: we, I mean, we had a couple episodes where we went into it, basically on, on just her. on her, and and we made a promise. You know, we told our listeners if Tandon goes down, you know, we'll we'll sing a song.
2: Yeah, well, work your hearts out because we promised there will be a reward. Yeah, right here it is.
0: Previously on Ruthless.
2: If we are able to sink near a tandem this week, we are going to do the most outrageous variety program song that we've done today. We have done some shanties.
0: Um, We have done some off-key songs. I swear to you. How dare you? Look, it's a self-criticism, really. Um, I will embarrass myself for this program. If we can sink near a tandem, I will will sing the most outrageous song possible.
2: We've tweeted our views time after time. We've built the program and come close to the line. And horny (laughs) takes,
0: we've had a few. But like Hunter and Ducklow and Tuben, we're coming through. Friends. It goes on and on and on and on. We, we are, are the, the champions, champions my, friends. my friends. And we'll, we'll keep, keep on fighting, fighting till, till the, the end. end. We, we are the, the champions. champions. We.
1: Oh, yeah that's just top notch singing wow <laughs> top notch is so
0: bad
2: yeah <laughs> I mean, we put our backs into that so good we put our backs into sometimes that. sometimes
0: being bad is good
2: sometimes <laughs> being bad well that's the whole point anybody thinks we're gonna sign a recording deal like yeah anything? right <laughs> the whole point is to try to sing and dance and entertain right uh, that's what we try to do here but but in all honesty fellas i gotta tell you this has been a real pleasure i um I didn't know what we were getting ourselves into when we started this thing. Uh, I think we thought we could just sort of have an entertaining take for a couple of months, sew up an election, and kind of go back to our day jobs. But, like, thankfully, we have an audience, and, and thanks to all of you who are listening, who wouldn't let us do that. Because it has been, like, honestly, one of the most fun things I've done in my professional career to try to do this program twice a week.
1: hundred percent. I mean, uh... We were talking about that the other day is, yes, we, we all have jobs for ourselves. And this is like our little side company that we're building up. But it's just incredibly rewarding because of the listeners. You, I mean, we, we've at this point, we've traveled the country and met them, you know, like yeah. from all over coast to coast. We've got the best folks listening to this program. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you.
0: We appreciate it. And we're going to try to keep getting it better and better and better. And there's so much still to come. You know we've got elections next year, the midterms, and then another presidential. And I hope, you know, I hope we can do four hundred. I hope we can do five hundred episodes. I hope so
2: too. We've also got a, a long list of insight invitations to do ruthless live that we need to <laughs> wrap our mind around because again, it, it's it takes a lot of effort, but we love doing it. And uh, so I think we'll probably do more of those too. Yeah. So, listen, one hundred fellas, happy one hundred. Thank you to all the guests, the wonderful, incredible Republicans from around the country who've who've braved. Fr- frankly, I got to tell you, the the people who came on originally, real yeah, real risk. Oh,
1: that's a, that's a, like uh, another takeaway from from the hundredth episode, of spectacular we did here. Is like, man, those early episodes were kind of rough. <laughs> like, <laughs> So we are definitely going to keep improving
2: like Tom cotton hats off, pal. You really did be a solid by showing up on this thing because we, anything could have happened. Yeah. (laughs) But everybody else came too. Yeah. And we have yet, we have yet to have somebody say no. That's right. And
1: and you know what? I got to say, that's another banger of an episode, a hundred banger episodes. If we're being honest, you know, at this point, thank you so much to all our listeners and outstanding work gentlemen. So, Until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.